0: Hello and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus name. If you are looking for more of the word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be
1: blessed. Heavenly Father, it is always a privilege to come before you and say thank you, to praise your holy name, hallelujah. It is a privilege to pray knowing that you hear, knowing that you answer, knowing that you've promised in your word that it is finished and that it is already done, that you've already caused us to prosper that you hand us over the victory, that you take pleasure in the prosperity of your people, of your servants, and Lord, I am your servant. Minister John is yours. Be with his mouth on this evening. Cause everyone who hears the sound of his voice to ultimately hear a word from you that is Ramah, a word that makes sense because it's something that we can relate to all by your Holy Spirit. Make it relatable, Lord. Make it something that is easy for us to perceive and understand. Give us a word of instruction that will change our circumstances to reflect your desire. We welcome your Holy Spirit to have your way to take over. Let our hearts and our minds be receptive so that we can receive all that you have for us. Oh, let us be good ground, Lord, so that your word can be sown deeply into the soil of our hearts. Let that infallible seed of your word go in to the ground. Let it germinate, Lord. Let its roots grow strong and spread like wildfire in our hearts and in our souls, and our bodies, our minds, our spirits, and our circumstances. Water the word, Lord. Watch over your word to perform it. Let it produce the harvest that you are looking for in our lives, in our circumstances, God. Have your way, Holy Spirit, as only you should. We need you, Lord. We want you, and so I send you an invitation to meet us at our point of need. Some of us need emotional and mental healings. Some of us need bodily healing. Some of us need a terminal illness to leave us and never return. But whatever the case, I know that it is written, that with your stripes we were healed, and therefore with your stripes we are healed. I know that you were the one wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, and that the chastisement of our peace was upon you, and with your stripes we are healed. I know that it is written, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And that means no matter what kind of weapon is formed, it shall not prosper, because many are the plans in a man's heart. Many are the plans of the adversary, but as it is written, it is God's perfect plan and purpose that prevails in our life. I thank you that you sovereignly rule and reign in all of your creation, God, who made heaven and earth. And there is nothing too hard for you and nothing impossible for you. It might seem impossible for us. But nothing shall be impossible to those of us who believe you. Lord, we believe you. And if there is any unbelief, help thou our unbelief. Help us to trust you wholeheartedly and to lean not unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways, cause us to acknowledge you because you will direct our paths. Help us to fear you, God, and depart from evil. The word of God is health to our navels and marrow to our bones. It is all that we need. It is more than our necessary food. It is written and it is the truth. This is why man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we come before you as an echo of what you have said, knowing that what you have said is something that you have performed. Your words are performance words. When you say, let there be light, then all the. Darkness is dispelled. When you say, let there be life, then all death is dispelled. Whenever you say, peace be still. Then anything that was causing chaos and trouble and the storms, the the raging winds and the waves, they must behave and obey you. So I speak it in the name of Jesus, knowing that it is done. These things we ask in the name of Jesus, thanking you in advance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for doing it. Amen.
0: Amen and amen. I want to first just take a moment and really thank God for all that he does in our lives, all that he's done and all that he's going to do, because we serve a God that is just so incredibly good. I mean, we talk about it every week now to where it doesn't matter what issue you may have, what upbeat part of life you may be living in, what low part you may be existing in, It doesn't matter. God is so wonderful that he's there with you every step of the way, not just the bad, but the good too. I truly appreciate the fact that we serve a God who we, you know, not only can just call on when we're struggling, but one we can just thank for when everything, as we would say, is going right. One we can just have a true relationship with. Uh, There's a song called Midnight, and it talks about um, as the choir was singing. God is saying that, you know, I'm more than just a savior, more than just a way maker. He wants to have a, a real personal, intimate relationship with you. And it's because of that, we're going to be talking about emotions tonight. What a wonderful thing they are. Now, we've touched upon it in part in the past, and but we're really just going to talk about it tonight. And this lesson is sort of like a, a culmination of, of different things that have occurred within like the past month or so. And so with that, before we hop into scripture, let me share a testimony with you. So there are many days, many nights, uh, sometimes either in the car or just at, um, at the dinner table we have here at our house where I'll sit there with my boys and we'll just have some real heart to heart conversations. And it's not just them. Sometimes it's me and granny, me and my grandfather, whoever, it doesn't matter. We'll sit there and we'll have heart to heart conversations. Now, one conversation that has been a topic for like a month now, one of which we've given God a lot of praise for is when it comes to us talking about the way that we feel, See, the Bible tells us that the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can truly understand it? And then it goes on to say that God can understand the motives, the secret motives, I believe, as the NLT says, of the heart and that he is a repayer of men. So he will pay you accordingly to your deeds. Sometimes as people, and I tell you this all the time so you won't feel bad about yourself, is that we just make mistakes. As much as we want to serve God, as much as we want to, you know, be instruments of his will to get the good done, because he's the source of good. Sometimes we just mess up. We miss the mark. We fall extremely short. And that's because we're human. This body of ours is not perfect. Matter of fact, it's full of sin and it detests the things of God. But I thank him so much that our spirit, the person driving this here vehicle of ours called the body, is the one that has relationship and companionship with him. So much so to the fact that God empowers us to train this here body of ours to serve him whether it wants to or not. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Now, I I love God a whole lot for that because sometimes we just want to do some very contrary things. But I thank Him that even when we make mistakes, keyword being mistakes, not willingly going do something crazy, that grace and mercy exists. And even then, sometimes when we just go do something crazy and we sign off on it, I thank Him for the simple fact that when we do find ourselves in error, it's no longer alone in the world accruing, you know, more debt into ourselves, but instead it happens inside of God to where <clears throat> there is no more condemnation for those of us who chase after him and not with this hunk of junk wants, but continuing. So me and my brother, Broderick especially, have been talking about emotions, you know, the way we feel. And I've had this conversation um, recently with my grandmother. Uh, we we pretty much talked about this last week, sort of. But <clears throat> so here's the thing. My my boy has uh, he has a wonderful relationship with the Lord, and I'm very proud of him for his growth and everything that you know has been occurring to him because God is so good. So in this, he said it. He came to a realization one day. The realization being that you know, he kept telling me how he had been feeling about certain things that had been going on, but then it just dawned upon him one night while he was studying the Bible. And it was the simple fact that, you know, it's not really about the way I feel, more so it's about what God's will is for my life. And from that moment forward, a light bulb went off. He went on uh, a little bit later to have a conversation with Granny one of which I won't discuss because that's their private conversation. That's not our business. And he told me after that, Granny told him how to to really pray for a thing to come to pass. The Bible tells us that we have hope and our hope or our faith, as the Bible says, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence or the reality of things that have yet to come. And it is through God's power that he has given us to call forth the thing as though it is like I could say, here's a can of soda and then boom. But we're, we're just we're using, you know, mild examples here. And we, we have hope that it'll be there. So granny reiterates this to him. He's heard it before in passing, but now we've reached that point like we all do where things really hit home. And so he prays about these two job opportunities that he has. He comes to the realization, you know what, God, it's not about how I feel. It's not about necessarily what I think I want, because we we get put in a lot of situations by ourselves where we think we want something, but that isn't it. But so he prays about the two job opportunities. And the thing, the way he prays about it is that he's looking at the schedules that both jobs present to him. And his whole MO is God. I like this job. It looks good on paper. And I like this one too. It looks great. But I want to be able to work my week and still have time to spend time with you. I want to be able to still attend Bible study on Friday nights. I want to have my time with you, God. And so what does God do? God eliminates the job that he thought he really wanted. Just they never reached back to him. And the job that, you know, was going to be his backup turned out to be so exponentially better than what he originally thought he was going to get. And it all came back to his realization of it's not about what I want. It's about what God's will is for my life. He then had a conversation with a friend and she told him, that, you know, I, I, I keep going through these things. I keep praying for blessings to come, but where are the blessings at? I'm learning my lessons. And God, through this boy, it, just like he uses all of us, said something so profound that really stuck with me. And it rings so loud. And that's the whole purpose of this lesson tonight. God, through my brother, told this young lady, whoever she may be, that, you know, you're learning a lesson, but It might not be the lesson that God wants you to learn. It's probably a lesson that you want to learn. And, you know, it's just been ringing in my head for about a month now. And every now and then I get really excited when I start to feel a certain way, because you know what, God, it's not about how I feel. It's about what you want for my life, because, you know, the plans that you have for me, they're good and not evil. So if I stop concerning myself with how I feel in a moment, because when we feel things, we have impulses and impulses never lead us down the right path. You might feel something is good in the moment and you might confuse that with God's will, but that ain't it. So in accordance to a Bible study that I read today, God just confirming a thing and then we'll hop into scripture. It said, And I'll just give you this little snippet, then we'll hop into scripture and continue. It said, here's the the thing to remember. Wisdom says to wait, but your emotions say to hurry up. And when you think about it, it's so true. God's whole thing for us is to be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Quick to respond, meaning you let God into the situation. And it's very extremely, I'm talking about as slow as the inevitable heat death of the sun scientifically, it's extremely slow to react to something, meaning don't do it at all. It'll happen because we're people. Don't let that bother you. We're in AA and his name is Jesus. He's the one helping us along this path. But when we when we're slow to to wait on a thing, to let the emotions calm down, to stop letting our our little brain say this is a good idea or I feel this is the right thing to do. It's not about what we feel because us on our own, there is no good. But with Christ, when we respond to the thing, well, when everything settles down, If God says, yes, this is the move, then that's the move. So let's talk about emotions real quick. We will be taking a look at Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 through 13, and Isaiah 26, verses three through four. And so I will be reading the first one from the NLT version. And it says that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And I believe the Amplified Version says, who can understand its secret motives? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. Here we go. There it is. God himself is saying that I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Continuing in Hebrews chapter four, I'll go ahead and just read this in the King James because this hits home the best for the word of God is quick or it is alive and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, meaning you're your mind and your spirit. There is no there's no gap between those two now because the word is just going to cut straight through it and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's that key, key point right there, or as NLT says, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Meaning as NLT says, everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Meaning we can't do or hide anything from the Lord, our God. We can't think something and keep it secret from him. And we surely can't do something in the dark, even though We think the dark can hide stuff. It cannot for nothing can hide from the light whose name is Jesus. And finishing off, we'll take a look at Isaiah 26 in the New King James Version, because it says it the best to me personally. And it says that you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. Now, that last verse is something very special to me because when I found it for myself, God really used it to just to touch my heart. It's telling us that God will keep anyone in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. Yes, things can be tough in life. Yes, things can be rough. Yes, things can be terrible. But if you would just keep your mind focused on the Lord, let's pay, um, let's pay homage back to Philippians chapter four, that if we would just pray about everything, then the God of peace, Him this, this is God himself. He would give us a peace which surpasses all understanding. But so here's the thing. Here we are. We see that our emotions mean absolutely nothing. Does that mean they're void of value? No, not at all. What you feel in a moment, of course, is justified to some measure of degree. Someone did something to hurt you, you're hurt. That's just inevitable. A loved one passed away. A relationship has ended. Someone has moved on. Whatever is going on, you retired from your job. It doesn't matter. You feel a certain type of way about this situation. Your feelings are justified. They happen. It occurred but what isn't justified are the actions that we seem to find ourselves making just because we felt a certain way. Someone looks pretty to you, so you say, I'ma go get their number. It may not be justifiable. I, in my very young age, have come to the the simple conclusion that a lot of things, though they look good, as I've heard my grandparents, my parents, my aunts, my uncles, older cousins, anyone who's an elder in my life tell me just because it looks good doesn't mean it's good for you. Now, of course, as a young person, you don't take that to heart the first few times. You might not take it to heart till you get a little older, but I thank God for me in particular because I got to see very early, you know, they're right. And I don't particularly waste time with that because it's just distraction. You know, it, it, it clogs your mind. And this is a good example of what your emotions can do to you. Just because something looks good or or smells good doesn't mean it's a good thing for you to indulge in, because that's all your emotions do. They provide you with impulses. As we know in the uh, book of the first chapter of James, it says that when we go through trials and tribulations, we should be thankful because that gives us a chance for our faith or our trust in God to grow. It also continues on to say that when we ask for a thing and we don't receive it, sometimes it's probably because that our desires are not pure. Now, when it comes to asking God for things, we've talked about this before, about prayer, how it works, the benefits of it, the power of prayer and everything else that probably has to do with relating to prayer. But see, here's the important thing. When we pray, We don't honestly know how to pray. God gives us an example. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Our Father prayer. And then the Bible goes on to tell us that the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf in utterance and groanings that only God can understand, meaning that the prayers on our behalf cannot, will not and will never be hindered. They always go through, not to mention our great high priest, our Lord and Savior himself is praying on our behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week, day in, day out, does not skip a beat. He is always praying for you. One of the most important things I've come to see in my time living is that when it comes to the word of God in us, it's almost all the time a lot easier said than done, but so are a lot of things. I recently, um, in my technical adventures, have learned how to do some very cool things that I never thought I would get to a point to be able to do because it just seemed very daunting. In the same way, we read scripture and it tells us how to start living this holy lifestyle, to be holy because our father is holy. And it seems daunting. But what happens as you continue to practice something you find yourself becoming acclimated to it. It gets a little bit easier. And then all of a sudden you just find yourself in the swing of things. The Bible tells us to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Meaning you're not concerned about what social media says and you trend. You're not concerned about chasing a bag or trying to get booed up every time you just get finished with another person, because that's very toxic to do. You're not concerned about the norms of this here world because it's fleeting and dying and it's confused as can be. But what you are concerned with is God and his holiness, his justness, his trueness, his peace, his strength, his wisdom, things that don't change at the drop of a dime things that are eternally set in stone that are here to lead you, to teach you, to guide you, to empower you, to strengthen you, and most important of all, to help wean you off of these impulse decisions. There's a sale on Amazon. Who cares? If you need something, get the need, but don't just go spending frivolously just because there's a sale. You're at a buffet. Eat your fill. This is a a joke between me and my mom and my dad, but there's this man who would eat at a buffet and literally eat the buffet away. Why? The whole purpose of us becoming Christians, meaning we're children of God, we're his disciples, we're followers of his way because he is the way. The whole point of it is to live. A better life. Actually, it's to live a life because without Christ, there is no life. You're dead, and you're just on your way to hell, waiting in line. That's not what He wants for us. He wants us to live. Living isn't giving into impulse, as the Bible says. Is grace and mercy there for us to test it with sin? You know, um, how does the King James say? Is the will grace and mercy abound? I believe. But the whole point of our emotions isn't there to help lead us. The heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, I've been there, done that my short 26 years. You know what that got me into? Trouble, heartache, depression, loneliness, pushing my loved ones away. It does a lot of things when you follow your heart. But you know what happens when you follow Christ? Peace, happiness, happiness, Love, actual love, not that thing the world parades around, but real love, not the toxic love that you have to um, you know, keep feeding, but agape, a love that is everlasting from beginning to end and everything else in between and after that. Because God's love is eternal, it does not stop. It doesn't matter how many times you mess up, God isn't gonna stop loving you. What kind of parent would that make him? If he would just stop, then that would mean that his sacrifice once for all dying for you and me to make sure that our blood stained hands could be actually clean. That though our sins, as the Bible says, are as red, they're scarlet, he will wash us whiter than snow. So your emotions, let's not even worry about those. Instead, let's talk about what actually matters here. God's will for your life the simple fact that no matter how much time you may have wasted in a certain area even if you are saved because we're people we still make mistakes we're not perfect that God could give you back all that time you lost and then some simply because you let him be God in that area of your life it is a real process sanctification is a is a true process it's like solving a 100 step problem one step at a time. You make a lot of progress and then you get hung up at this next issue. And it's not God's fault. It's us because we're usually the ones stopping us. Oh, but I feel, and there it is. There's the lie that Satan is trying to get you hung up on. I feel that I'm good here. I feel that I'm okay. I feel that I don't need to change. But if that's the case, well, what what are you doing? God's whole plan for us is to keep changing, to keep growing, to keep being better. There is no end point in this here cycle until the day he takes us home and then we get our glorified bodies. But until then, I don't know about you, but I love a challenge. I love something that I have to truly keep working on because that means you get to get better. The Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. And now that we have been brought to life because of Christ's sacrifice, we are now little iron rods and God, who is the sharpest of sharp, as we just read, a two-edged sword sharper than anything else in existence. He's the one we're rubbing up against. We get sharpened, As we go through the trials and tribulations, we get sharpened as we have those moments with the Holy Spirit when he really tells us about ourselves. And then we feel really just sick down to our core at times, not because that's what he wants us to feel, but because we realize how much we need to grow, how much we need to stop listening to our emotions, because you know what happens when you stop? Change, growth. Blessings, things you have been praying for for a long time are now just there, or things you didn't even know you wanted or needed. And then God just supplies it before you even have a chance to want or need, because that's the kind of God that we serve. The same kind of God who took a, a little boy like me once upon a time, who was filled with anger and depression and a lot of malice, and just weaned me off of it and then put me in a place to where I could keep being broken, to where my heart could keep being opened up to him, to where I could keep being meek and lowly with him so that I could grow. And to you, the listener right now, who's continually gone through this same process, to where when you think back about who you were just a few days ago, can be completely different from who you are right now in this moment, And trust me, that doesn't come with how you feel about a thing, because we all want to feel comfortable. I don't want to be in discomfort. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be in disarray. But I thank God for it, because when we go through those things, we have a perfect opportunity to, as we talked about last week, to open up to him to not put up the walls, but instead to invite him in and to let him be God. Remember his words, not 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 a prophet, not a, not a prophet that he gave words, not an apostle that he gave words, but God himself is reminding you that his grace is sufficient, that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. Well, don't you know when you feel a certain way about anything, and you're ready to impulsively do something that's not even a word, but we're rolling with it, that you're in a real weak state. You're not vulnerable. You are vulnerable right here, and you can do anything. You can fly off a hinge. But don't you also know in that same situation, you can use the wisdom God has given you. Father, I used to pray a prayer like this every day for two years until God just completely calmed the storm. I would pray that God, it feels like my life is a, is a battlefield with bombs going off every step of the way. And I need you to just be with me in the midst of this explosive storm and to please calm it. I speak peace to the storm. I speak tranquility to myself. God, I need you now more than ever. And I would pray a prayer just like that. I still have it in my notes every single day for two years until the storm finally quieted. It's when we find ourselves in these situations to where our emotions are running rampant, because that's what they do, that we don't listen to the heart because the heart doesn't know anything. Matter of fact, it's probably the dumbest part of us. But instead, we listen to the spirit our Holy Spirit, our comforter, our advocate, our teacher, our reminder, our direct connection to God Almighty, because guess what? God is his Holy Spirit. Remember, we've talked about this. There is no separation between God, the Father, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit. They're all one. He's just working in different capacities like we do. I'm teaching you right now. I'm I'm my grandparents' grandson, my parents' son, a friend, a brother, so on and so forth. I'm still Jr., but I'm working in different capacities. And so does God. He does the same thing to help us understand. Because when we can relate to something, we can understand it like that. And I thank God that we serve Him, not not Buddha, not those other things that want to be God, but God Himself, the one true. Only wise God. God Himself said, There is no other God but me. And His name that He gave us was Yahweh, as we saw. Trust in the Lord forever because in Yah there is strength. And then He gave us His name, His great name, Jesus, the one that unifies all His just amazing characteristics into one. And that's the name that we get saved on. That's the name that we call out to when we're in the midst of a storm. That's the name we cry out. When our emotions are running rampant, when we're filled with grief or sadness or anger or joy, because it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. We praise God in the happy moments. We praise Him in the bad moments too, because we know joy is right around the corner. As the Bible tells us, pain endures but for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So, what's the purpose here, my brothers and sisters? The purpose is. Stop worrying about how you feel. Yes, your feelings still matter because that's how you are currently configured in the moment. I'm just going to use a little technical jargon with you. But let me remind you that God Almighty is the potter, or in this case, he's a programmer, and he can help decipher whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through. He can take that mold. He can help you come to grips with it, and then he can break it off of you. He can put you right back in the furnace. He can rebuild you. He can do it over and over and over and over again. Because no matter how good we are on our best day, as the Bible says, we're still like minstrel rags. Meaning, baby, we got a long way to go. But I thank him for that because that means that the end goal, the end result to be, to be determined, to be announced. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. And we had a a good amount of work in between us and then. But I'm grateful once again, because that means that the growth that we can achieve is infinite through God. All things are possible, meaning you don't have to be a slave to your emotions. You don't have to let depression keep coming into your life. I know sometimes things happen to where you just get depressed. It's a part of human nature. But other times we find ourselves letting it in because pain can also be a spirit of familiar familiarity. And we like to be in a familiar place. We like to feel comfortable. And as crazy as it may sound, pain can be a comfortable place because you know what it feels like. You've never been happy, maybe. So you're afraid of it. But don't be like the sin addict or the drug addict who just finds solace in their little filthy area. Instead, want better for yourself because God wants better. And the best part is you don't have to dig your way out. God has already dug the way out. He's just waiting for you to put your hand in his hand because it's right there. He's not asking you to reach some arbitrary distances. He's right there with you in that cell without a lock ready to take off those chains that don't even have bindings on them anymore to give you his yoke which is light and his burdens are extremely easy i'm telling you from personal experience because to get before you and share his word his goodness on a friday night every single night easy way easier than going out in the world and trying to make a way for myself instead of just being still and listening to what my father has to tell me. Because when you listen to God, life is a put on easy mode. When you fight against God, baby, good luck. I play a lot of video games and I've played some really tough ones. And life without God's guidance is, <sighs> I, I don't want to do it. I'm good. But with all of this being said, let me re encourage you one final time that your heavenly father loves you incredibly much. Yes, your feelings are valid, but you do not have to be a slave to the way you feel. Sadness, anger, the whole spectrum of human emotion, it will come and go. But what doesn't come and go is God's love for you. And he wants you to live in that, to respond to your emotions, not react to them, but to respond to them. Father, I feel inadequate. Help me understand. Remind me of whose I am of who I am in you, Christ Jesus, that I'm a peculiar person. I'm of a royal lineage. I'm a joint heir to your throne. I have been given the power of both life and death in the tongue and you told me to choose life. So instead of feeling all these negative feelings, instead, I want to feel your love, Lord. I want to feel your peace, your strength, your confidence. And just go on live life. Don't exist, but live life. You exist by just being here, but you can live life in Christ and with him because he is life itself. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying, thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much that our awkward teen years of struggling with our emotions do not have to be our inevitable fate but that instead, Father, we can grow just a little bit more with you to where we can take how we feel. And even if we can't voice it, sometimes we can just grunt out to you and you understand exactly what it is that we need from you, Father, that sometimes it it isn't always for you to just help us get over that hump on the mountain. But sometimes we just need to be held, Lord. We just need you to hear us. We just need to hear you say, I love you. We're simple. And God, I thank you so much that you work with us on our level. Father, for those of us, and by those of us, I mean all of us, that struggle with how we feel and the impulses and the reactions that can happen, God, I ask that you would just continually give us your grace and mercy, that you would be patient with us, Father, just as you've always been but especially so, Lord, because we love you and we're trying. And God, I thank you so much that you give us that benefit of the doubt, that as long as we're trying, as long as the motives of our heart are pure, that, Lord, I want to do right. Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I'm doing my absolute best with the tools that you've revealed unto me and how to use them. I'm doing my absolute best. And though I still fall short because I'm not perfect, you don't penalize me, but instead you do quite the opposite. You bless me because just like the the parable of the servants and the talents or the little bags of gold that you gave them, Lord, it's not about them being perfect stewards, but it's about them being good stewards being faithful stewards. And God, even the times where we're not faithful, where we don't want to pray, where we don't want to read the Bible, where we just don't want to do anything because of some thing that has occurred or some amount of fatigue that has accrued to where we just feel out of sorts. God, I thank you so much that your loving arms never removed themselves from us. So, Father, I ask that you would give all of us strength, that you would give us more of your wisdom, Lord, more of your Holy Spirit, so that we could respond accordingly, God. That when we feel a certain way, that we would just invite you into that situation, into that batch of raw emotions, so that not only you can help us decipher them, but so that you can quiet the storm, Lord, that you can help us navigate through this sea. Because one of the hardest things to do while experiencing this life is to go through Bundled up full of emotions, whether it be anger, depression, sadness, whatever it may be. But God, I thank you so much that you bring peace to every situation, that you are the eye of the storm, that regardless of what we're experiencing in this life, that you can use every single opportunity because you allowed them in the first place to help us grow. So, Lord, with that, we just say thank you. Father, we love you so much we're so appreciative of all you've done for us already and that all you're doing and that all that you're gonna do and that God in the areas where we're still a little weak, I ask that you would just help us God, that we would continually pray for us to just be helped with our areas of disbelief because yeah, it doesn't matter how long we've walked with you. There are still some spots there. But Father, I thank you so much that even despite that you continuously love us. So Lord, please bless us. Bless us with your peace, your strength, your love and everything else that you just you have to offer us because God, we need you. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we'll be sure to give your name all your all the praise and all the honor and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray amen and amen hey family i pray the lesson has blessed you in some way shape form or fashion today each week we hold bible study on zoom and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you if something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family i would like to open the invitation to join i pray that the lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for another opportunity to come before your throne of grace and to learn just that much more about you. Father, I ask that you would sit me, Jr. the man, down and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, placing your words upon my lips. Father, you know exactly what it is that we're in need of. So please speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. Let us receive exactly what it is that we need from you so that we can continue to grow in this journey with you, Lord. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. So, y'all. Tonight for Bible study, I was actually preparing a normal Bible study and the Lord made me scrap that because he was really dealing with me um, on a level to where I know we all kind of really suffer with. And so instead of a more, you know, general Bible study I'm just going to talk to you for a little bit, then we're going to pray, then I'll get you out of here so we won't be here too, too long. But um, what it is that God was dealing with me with, um, I felt sort of strange, uh, not just today, but kind of throughout the week. And I begin to pray and really question and, you know, try to get an understanding of what it was that I was feeling and dealing with. And uh, the thing that God brought to my attention was about vulnerability. Now we hear vulnerable, and we begin to want to do what we normally do, how we would normally react to being vulnerable. We put up the wall, we close the door, we build a fence, we we dig a trench around everything to make sure that no one can pass by. Because when we feel vulnerable, That's when we're at our weakest. But we know what the word says when we're at our weakest, we can then be our strongest because it's only there where we have the ability to just fully give God the reins of our life and for his power to be made perfect because he himself said it. It's in your weakness, yours and mine, where his strength is made perfect. And so when it comes to vulnerable, well, what does that really mean? Well, let me share with you the word vulnerable, and there are two definitions here, but the, the Google search of vulnerable, it means that it is a person in need of special care, support or protection because of age, disability or risk of abuse or neglect. Now, see, it's not necessarily about the age like this said, but it's about that last part. When we're vulnerable, we're at risk of being abused or neglected. And so our natural reaction as human beings is to put up those guards, to put that wall up, to do everything in our power to make sure that no one or no thing can hurt us. here's the issue with that. Again, when we're vulnerable, when we're at our weakest, that gives us the opportunity to be our strongest. It gives us the chance to say, but God, I need you to step into my life in this area. I need you to step into this situation. I need you to give me guidance. I need to just sit down. I need to listen. I need to do what I've been tasked to do, and that's to be your student, to be your follower. I need the guidance, Lord. I need you to walk me through this, to show me how to deal with this, how to respond accordingly instead of react. The first thing we do in every situation, it's not just about being vulnerable, is that we as people want to react. Something upsets you. You want to get angry. You want to get frustrated, disgruntled, anxiety, whatever the human emotion is, we want to react. But the response in the situation, and it's easier said than done, but we all know that because we're people. But to respond in the situation is to say, but how would my father want me to deal with this? Or even better, when we don't know exactly what God would do in the situation, That's, that's my favorite part. God, help me to deal with this. Father, give me the strength. Give me your peace, your patience, your guidance, everything I needed in order to deal with this. Now, it's, I won't say it's ironic because that's not how God works. He works in peculiar and mysterious ways. Every single day, my grandmother shares scripture with us, verse of the day or whatever else God leads her to to share with us. And as I read it this morning, she sent us scripture from Romans chapter 15, which says that I pray that God, the source, we always talk about not worrying about the resources, but the source himself who is God. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So see, it all ties back into us being in this vulnerable state or our state of weakness, our state of having the ability to truly be abused or to be mistreated or to be walked upon. But here's the thing when you're vulnerable, embrace it. Yeah, I wanted to to react to that. I wanted to start putting up some walls. I wanted to, you know, put my phone on. Do not disturb. Don't bother me. Leave me alone. I can't deal with this because I feel vulnerable, but instead I chose because remember, it's our choice, but the choice all comes from the strength that the the Lord himself gives us. I chose, Father, help me understand what's going on. Please show me what's up. I feel awkward because this is uncomfortable. I need to know what's going on. Can you please walk me through this? And God ended up giving me what I'm giving you right now. So when we're vulnerable, let's stop being so quick to react, to put up a wall to curl up into a ball internally because all that does is push you closer and closer to being numb and as someone who was numb for like what two years <laughs> the the bulk of the pandemic almost really kind of being numb it's, it's not pretty because when you're numb one you don't feel anything that's cool but the downside to that is is that you also can't reciprocate what others need from you remember We are, yes, individuals, but more so we are a collective community, a family of faith. And if we can't be there for the people God has placed us there specifically to be there for, well, then we aren't doing our job. Yes, it's great to have people that you can rely on, but how much more so is a blessing it is to be there for another person? See, everything the Lord himself taught us when he walked the earth his 33 years. It was all about doing the opposite of what we think we know. One of my favorite uh, scriptures I ever studied, and we'll we'll get ready to pray after I share another word with you. It was called The Upside Down, and it was based on the show Stranger Things. If you never watched it, it's a pretty great show, but I'm not here to promote that. I'm just here to give it as an example. And it was called the upside down. And it was to help push home the point that this life we live is the upside down, because everything here on this earth is a direct, it's in direct objection of what God wants for us. So Jesus's goal wasn't to turn things upside down. It was to turn it right side up because we weren't right to begin with. That's why the Bible tells us we thank God so much that he chose us to choose him. Because you can't choose God unless he's chosen you to pick him. Now, of course, I know that may make some people say, well, that means that, you, you know, you're kind of being forced to do it. No, God understands everybody's heart and he knows whether or not a person's heart is soft enough or open enough. It's vulnerable enough. Let's use the opposite of what we've been told to choose him. It's just right to say, I don't want to be abused. Instead, I want to be sheltered. I don't want to be mistreated. I want to be loved, not I I feel vulnerable. I want to guard myself off. But instead, I want the opposite of what this is making me feel. I don't want to curl up. I want to be embraced. I don't want to be alone. I want to be in company. And there is no greater company in the midst of the Lord himself and the rest of us who are his children. So with that, I'll share the the Greek word of what vulnerable means, and then we'll go ahead and pray. In the Greek, vulnerable means epiplasio, which is to strike at or to rebuke. And it goes on to say that upon intensifying, which is a hit, plesso, it properly is to strike in a vulnerable place, or to strike someone with sharp and sensitive or brutal words. As we've talked about for ever now in our Bible study is that the enemy knows your name, but calls you by your sins while God on the other hand, knows your sins and calls you by your name. God isn't interested in what your rap sheet says. He's interested in what your future is by of which he knows what your future is, and in store of it, there is hope and a future to give you good and not evil, to give you an expected end, to prosper you. To so when, when you call out his name, he's listening to you. That's the kind of God we serve, and that's the things he wants for you. He has a particular path built just for you, a path no one else can walk. Something I was talking about to my brother Jonathan earlier this morning, how There are a lot of naysayers just not, I won't say necessarily in his life, but that have been around him that keep trying to suggest things for him as if he's not fighting his hardest in his current portion of his path. No one can walk your path but you. There are plenty of people who will say, I wish I could, you know, be like them, but what did they have to do in order to get there we don't tend to think about the struggles that we as people individually go through in order to achieve some level of whatever greatness is being reflected upon for you to see. How many sleepless nights we've had, how many times we've just had to sit there in silence and cry out to God mm, because you don't know what to do. But the whole beautiful part of being vulnerable It's exactly the opposite of what these definitions have told us. Yes, you're in a state to be abused. Yes, you're in a state to to be mistreated. Yes, you're in a state to where you can be attacked from all sides. But don't you know the opposite is also true? You're in a state for God to touch your heart to loosen it, to open it up, to receive more of him, to say, maybe I don't have to be so mean and pompous to these people just because of a certain way that they carry themselves. But instead I can remember that we are all people and people are full of flaws and errors. And the Bible tells us that we, as much as we can be, and as much as it is within us to be at peace with one another, also to make room for one another's faults, because we all have them. Jesus himself said, as he gave the parable and then as he so quite literally said stop worrying about the the pebble in another person's eye when you have a whole log in yours we can't begin to try to work on one another when we all need work done to us and the only one who's capable and the only one who's qualified to do it is the potter himself so with that in this state of vulnerability as we pray about it as we just as we plead to the Lord to allow us to respond accordingly to these feelings of vulnerability, to where when we feel awkward, we want to curl up to where when we feel like we could be mistreated or abused or, or trampled upon or whatever, that instead of just trying to hide away and duck away from the world, that instead we would embrace it because the exact opposite is true of what the definitions have said. It's in those moments where God's power can be the most miraculous because it takes a miracle to take a weakness and turn it into a strength. And baby, we serve a miracle worker. We serve a true and living God, not one who just has a pretty name on paper, not one who has a statue somewhere, not one who has a billion laws for us to follow, but a a true living God, one who is alive and well, who is in control of things and who makes sure each and every day, day in and day out that you are watched over, cared for, have everything that you need and then some, who makes a way out of no way, who did it way back when, who made a promise to do it, who had already had the plan set in motion before he even laid the foundations of existence itself. Also that when we get to these states where something or some person or whatever has happened in your life tries to make you feel inadequate and like you need to ball up. Just remember that your God, your father, your Lord and Savior, your great high priest, out of his own mouth said to be of good cheer or to take heart because he has already overcome this world, meaning the issues of it, the feelings of inadequacy, those days where you just don't want to get out of bed. He overcame all of that just for you. And all you have to do to receive the strength to keep pushing is just cry out to him. Lord, I need you. And won't he do it? Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer, Lord, just asking that when we feel vulnerable, Father, that we would begin to embrace you, that we would respond to the situation by acknowledging you, Lord. Your word teaches us that in all that we do, in all of our ways to do it, as if unto the Lord, what that means is, is that every single situation we're in, every encounter, every action we take, every thought we make, to do it as if you are the direct person that we are doing this deed to and for. So Father God, I ask right now, Lord, that just as you've dealt with me in this past week and in these past days, Lord, that just as we as human beings all deal with this particular thing, that when we feel vulnerable, we want to react and do everything in our strength, fight as hard as we can, tooth and nail, as if unto death, to just make sure that we, our vulnerabilities aren't made aware to where we can't be hurt, to where we can't even feel the thing, to numb it out like lidocaine, that God I ask that you would take those moments in our lives and that you would just be God in that situation, Lord. Everything we do is based upon a choice. And that choice is quite simple to either let you be God or to get in your way. It's, it's really that simple. We're our own worst enemy, but God, I thank you so much that through your blood, Lord, the blood that wash, that washes us whiter than snow, Lord, the blood that gate, that gives us new mercies, new grace and new mercies day in and day out the blood that was shed so that we could be reborn and given actual life. Lord, I thank you so much that all we have to do is call upon your name, Lord Jesus, and that we would receive everything that we need, that when we are vulnerable, then that's a perfect opportunity to give your name praise, because that means we can grow that your power, your all encompassing power, which shaped the foundations of existence itself with just words. You didn't even have to lift a finger. You just said, let there be. And then there was that you yourself, God, are the source of hope and that our hope is made fulfilled, that we have a blessed assurance because not only did you make us a promise, but you came down to fulfill it in the form of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, that you yourself made a way out of no way that even after you left here physically, you promised to never leave us where it counted. You weren't talking about a body that we could see or a person that we could call on a phone, but no, you meant where it really mattered. Because just like you told the woman at the well, for anyone who truly loves God would worship him in spirit and in truth, because that's exactly who God is. He is the spirit of truth. The spirit of love the spirit of everything that is true and just and good and pure because all of that comes from you father so lord we thank you so much that the things you came to teach us that it wasn't a a book of law for us to memorize and, and try to keep close at hand, but instead that it was to help build a relationship with you, God, that you were so much more than just a provider, so much more than just a way maker, so much more than just a deliverer, but that you wanted to be our friend, God, that you want to be our father, that you want to be our savior, our all in all, Lord. You want to be everything in between because only you know, What can fill the holes in our soul, and that's you, God. For every single person who has ever cried out to you, you've never let them not receive what it is that they need, and you're exactly what we need, God. So, Father, when we feel vulnerable, when we feel like becoming numb is the best course of action, when we tend to forget in the pain that in doing so, we only hurt others and ourselves even more than we would by just opening up that God, your peace, which surpasses all understanding, would just hit us, Lord, that it would remind us that you never left us, that you never will, that you don't leave us in the midst of storms, even if it seems like it's quiet. That's just because you're carrying us through the storm, that half the things that we even worry about in this life aren't things to worry about. The inadequacies, the feelings of self-doubt, where we feel like we aren't good enough, where we just tend to forget that you yourself qualified us because of love, God, not because we did anything special, not because we worked for it as if we could, not because we earned it, because we we don't have that ability, but simply because you love us, Father. We are here right now. We have the ability to call you Father, that you call us sons and daughters, Lord, that you gave us as many of us who would believe in you, in the name of your son, would be saved and that we would not perish, Lord. That for all of us who have these days, these moments, these months, years, however long it is in this trivial life of ours, where we just feel a certain way, where we feel angry or sad or or let down or whatever it may be, where we are in those vulnerable states because nine times out of ten, we're in the more than we think we are. That God, if we would just have trust in you, if we would place our faith in you, if we would hope that we would get through. Well, again, it's a blessed assurance because you are the source of hope itself. So when we hope it's the same thing as when we pray to you, God, everything rests upon your great name, Jesus, that when we say a prayer. It is acknowledging you, Lord, and what you've done for us because of the cross. We say in Jesus name and according to the book of Revelation, you are the yes and the amen. So when we pray to you, we're just sealing the deal. We open the prayer by saying our father, acknowledging you as Lord and God of all. We end the prayer in Jesus name because of the the precious price that you paid for us, something you didn't have to do. And then the amen, which is the icing on the cake, because you sealed the deal when you took the sting from death in the grave, when you robbed it of its victory. So, Father, right now, we just ask you as humbly as we can that we would be able to respond and we can only do that thing in your strength, God. But I thank you so much that you are not only the source of hope itself, the source of peace, but you're the source of strength. You're the source of our patience because it's really hard to deal with one another at times, but it's nothing compared to what you must go through. So I thank you that we have this lifelong journey to grow, God, to actually feel, to be sympathetic to the cause, to be empathetic, to be more like you, God, because the whole point of being a Christian isn't to just remember what the Bible says, but it's to do what it says, because you're the example. And there is no greater love, no greater form of admiration than to emulate the person who has set us straight. And God, I can't thank you enough for taking us off that curvy path to hell. It's broad and wide, and it's plenty of ways to get there. But the way to you is straight and narrow. It's only one way to do it, and that's through you, Christ Jesus. So I thank you so much for every single one of us that you've called out of outer darkness and into the light those of us who have been blessed to acknowledge you, to see the error of our ways. And thank you so much for allowing us to push this plow of duty with you, Lord, to help others see that they don't have to live in darkness, that they don't have to have those shackles that don't even have binds on them anymore, that they don't have to sit in the dark or to play in the mud, that instead they can get up, reach out to the hand that's already placed in front of them, grab it and walk out and be free because God, you yourself, has told us that anyone that the sun sets free is free indeed lord well god i thank you for that because to double down on that you yourself said that any door that you open no man can close no thing nothing in existence can can even deal with it and that the doors that you close nothing can open it so god i thank you that you've closed the door to a truly sinful lifestyle and that you've opened the door To a lifestyle of sanctification where, yeah, we still make mistakes because we're recovering, but it's not the heart's intent to keep making those mistakes. We have our moments where people, you knew what you signed up for saving us. But God, I thank you so much so that your love, which gives us the graces and the mercies, that it makes it so that we can see the error of our ways grow and help others do the same thing. Again, Lord as the Bible says, what manner of love is this? But Father, we thank you for it, that nothing in all of existence, nothing on the earth, above it, below it, or anywhere else can separate us from your love. We thank you so much that in those feelings of vulnerability, you don't just take it as a As a place for us to grow upon, but you use it as a place to work more miracles, to help us just see more of your splendor, to help us be a brighter light that refracts into the hearts of others so that they too can be saved, that they wouldn't call upon the names of these false gods, that they wouldn't just go on believing in anything or in these false delusions, but instead that they would acknowledge you, the creator, and not the resources, but instead that they would return to the source God, because it's only you who can save us. The Bible is very clear when it says that there is no other name that men should be saved by except the name of Jesus, that at that name, all knees shall bow and all tongues shall confess that you alone are Lord. And Father, we thank you so much that we've been blessed and given the opportunity to make that choice to do it willingly, instead of being forced and then punished by being cast out in the outer darkness. So Father, just as it's your will. I pray that more people would get saved, that more would get to know you. We know that not everybody will make the cut because that's just simply how this life plays out. But it's not your will that any would perish, but that all be saved. So Father, I ask that you would just provide more workers for the field that more crops would be planted, that more souls would be saved, more lives would be changed. People would actually get saved and stop living in a, a, a sinful plantation, Lord. That they would come out of the darkness, that they would actually live like saved people. That when they pray prayers to you, Father, that they wouldn't pray prayers as if there is no hope. Because the simple fact that we've walked out of it and into the light is hope enough. And the fact that you've promised us eternal life and not just eternal life, but blessings here on earth. And then more blessings to come, more rewards for the work thereafter, that God, we would just be more like you, that we would take these opportunities and that we would just respond with you, God, because the answer to all the problems isn't by talking about the problem, but it's about talking about the solution and you, God, are the solution. So Father, be our solution. Be our answer. Be more than just the way maker. Be more than just our midnight call. But instead, God, be our father. Give us the the courage, because it takes a lot of courage to walk this journey, not just strength. And give us the strength, because it's not just about the courage, Lord, but also give us the endurance, because that's the only way we can make it through, by enduring the hardships. That, Father, you would give us all three, And that you would seal it with your love and that you would help us to just be there to be available to you so that as we're available to you then that we could be the salt to the earth like you said we could be the light on the lampstand that we could be the example that we might be the only side of jesus that another person sees but that we 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 could just be that god so father in closing We just say thank you, Lord. We thank you so much that we now have a new lease, a new perspective on how to respond instead of react, that we can take these feelings of inadequacies, of vulnerability, of anything else that might sound derogatory and do the exact opposite, by receiving blessings, by praising your name, because when we go through hardships and trials, our faith grows. And as our faith grows, so too does our our ability to have hope in you, God. And we thank you so much that not only can we have hope, but that you are the hope. So there's no need to ever doubt that God can do a thing because you can do all things, Lord. And we thank you so much that you do so in such a way to even where, where we might receive a no to a prayer, It's not because you can't. It's simply because maybe that thing wasn't the best course of action for us. And as people who can't see past tomorrow, let alone the rest of today, we thank you so much that you have the road map right in front of you because you are the road map. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week we hold Bible study on Zoom and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.